0: Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 54 of Justified Pursuit. (laughs) I'm watching uh, Chisholm chug some emergency uh, vitamin C right now, so it doesn't look like you're doing your best, counselor.
1: That would be accurate. Not my best. (laughs) Not terrible. I certainly don't have the Rona or feel anywhere near like I did as that was coming on. It we only be, did we talk modern med-
0: marvel of science if you had the rona again like what has it been not even two months no that was like
1: i caught like it the months? end of june and was cleared around oh, the fourth of okay. july so it's been four july august September. still
0: yeah. no i don't know anybody that's gotten it twice like what the, i think the window is six months like minimum all uh, right yeah uh, and i put myself it. out there. I've really put myself out there. <laughs> I haven't gotten it again. Knock on wood, I could get it tomorrow and die, but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: I don't either. Uh, mm-hmm. None of that. I don't think any of either of those two things. Certainly not going to die. So um, Your allergies then I was,
0: uh, are we terrible, were on, though.
1: Yeah, you know, we live in the hill country, man. It's a bitch. It's Mine dollars, too. So.
0: I've to- I think we talked about this on the air. This is the worst allergy season I think I've ever had. And I've had some bad ones. Like, to the point where I'm taking Henry and I, to get and i had to get the shots when i was a kid you know i had my back the thing on my back done and they're like oh uh mr and mrs smith your son's allergic to everything that exists in nature all except the things. For dogs and cats amazingly nice <laughs> everything else yeah your uh, your son's allergic to them so i had those allergy shots you know it was a pain in the ass I'm, my babysitter would be like oh today's wednesday allergy shot day now at 40 it's like oh today's sunday testosterone shot day but I haven't had those uh, allergy shots since I was a kid. But if they make me feel better, dude, Henry and I are going to get the test done. And uh, I'm
1: I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back down that road again because this is miserable. You know, m- most of the stuff I handle, I think, pretty well. It's mildly mm-hmm. a- annoying. Uh, the cedar. So this will be our fourth winter here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah and um i think right we moved here in 2018 18 19 19 20 2021 20, yeah yeah this will be our fourth winter here and cedar is a winter thing uh you know juniper or whatever <laughs> excuse the snorting everybody it's going to be real hard to not do that <clears throat> anyway uh the cedar has kicked my ass two of those three years last year was the first of the three that I didn't have to actually go get a shot, uh, like a steroid shot, and all that. Oh yeah, um, I was able to fight it off with just you know saline rinses and that uh, like a kind of some kind of nose spray. What is it? Uh, Afrin, Flonase. Yeah. Um,
0: My father in law is addicted to Afrin. By the way, it's not good to stay on that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try not to use it unless I need it. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, I definitely use it, but it's like a. Mm, Every other day
1: during allergy season,
0: which right. the allergy season doesn't seem to end for me, but there's times where, like right now, it's just atrocious. But
1: yeah, he has to use that stuff nonstop. So, I mean, you were right that it has been a particularly bad allergen year. I mean, I think you know all that sort of stuff is very cyclical. Like mm-hmm. you know, trees, even just you know, flowery, you know, wildflowers and stuff like that. They'll bloom like extravagantly one year and then, you know, hardly anything the next. And, you know, sometimes that's drought and all that stuff, but like that hard freeze that we had obviously snowmageddon in February, it seemed to, you know, right after that is like when the Oak pollen and Oak, you know, oaks shed their leaves at the same time they're growing their leaves in like March, right? Live Oaks. And the pollen covers all the trucks and stuff covers your car. Mm-hmm. that was like the i have a buddy who's a landscape architect and so he's you know got a he studied botany and all that stuff and he said he was hearing that the oak pollen was the worst that it had been in decades i believe it and that was like the you know just a month after that hard ass freeze it just seemed to me like it kicked those trees into some kind of overdrive and then it's been really wet you know by texas standards basically all year freaking deal too oh
0: here's covid and then oh by the way Here's some really shitty allergy conditions to top
1: that off. You're, you're welcome. Here's 2021. Man, uh, this would be a, a little bit of a kind of a wild audible, but I think it might be worth trying. Have you ever heard or read that? Um, um, oh, man, why am I blinking? Uh, I've been thinking about it, uh Jeez, dude. The author of the Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh, um C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Have you heard this uh, atomic bomb uh, quote, like sort of essay that he he wrote back in like nineteen forty eight or whatever? No. So did your here is a question for you though. Do you, did your girls read that series? Uh, read it? No, I don't. Riley might have. She reads everything. I mean, I I read that
0: when I was a kid. Like, I feel like kids should read that. Do they still are? Are kids still reading Chronicles of Narnia?
1: They're definitely it, aware of it. I mean, all those new it, here's movies came out. my iPad.
0: You know, I like think we have to... I don't know. When I was a kid, I read Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and Chronicles of Narnia. And well, you, you could I mean, I was reading a lot. Um, I don't see kids these days doing that. Maybe, Maybe it's just my kids. My, my kids are not old enough to even read a page of Chronicles of Narnia at this point. But I wonder if kids still read books with the same frequency that they did when we were kids if there's just so much other stuff to do in society
1: now that it's like books are uh who gives a
0: shit if we just burn them all
1: yeah i my kids well my oldest reads um good like i said i don't know if she's specifically written she's these books. Four, 13 or 14 she'll be 13 next month yeah okay. she's a big reader i mean she just reads and reads, and reads well that's and encouraging and uh her younger sister no n- not at all like talks excessively about how she really hates to read Huh. <laughs> so and then you know the first grader is working on it and yeah the five-year-old is uh an agent of chaos so but anyway atomic bomb
0: <clears throat> c.s lewis sorry i was just thinking about yeah
1: it. he wrote this little essay back in like 1948 i think when you know america unleashed the bomb at the end of world war ii and uh it's really kind of come back around during the covid era because if you just replace the word atomic bomb or yeah, the atomic bomb, I think he repeats over and over with, you know, COVID-19 it's this, it's a fantastic little essay. There was this part that I thought of when we were talking about COVID and allergies and blah, 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 where it's the second paragraph of this thing. He says after he sort of laid out the fact that, Oh, we're freaking out about the atomic age when, you know, not long ago we had to worry about Vikings, you know, from Scandinavia slitting our throats at night and you know syphilis and cancer and blah 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 so he says he says in other words do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation believe me dear sir or madam you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented and a quite high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways mm-hmm. There's something in there where he says something about the you know any the, the any one of the numerous ways the universe can take us out or something like that interesting um, Our guest is set to join us, by the way. Okay, so then chiming in here. Maybe I'll read the rest of this at some other point. But it's really fantastic. It's it's beautiful writing, and it's spot on.
0: Yeah. Well, C.S. Lewis is is much like Orwell, uh, way ahead of his time. Yeah, I want to dive into him. Um, I had
1: been thinking about him.
0: Like I was talking to a buddy. The screw tape letters
1: is also C.S. Lewis, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was telling that I've had like. you know, sometimes God is trying to tell you something by just sort of having people repeat it to you in random yeah. conversations. Like, I keep having C.S. Lewis presented to me, uh-huh. and I, I need to dive into his stuff. Well,
0: we'll segue from C.S. Lewis into uh, our special guest for today, Garen. And, Garen, pronounce your last name for me so I don't butcher it. keto Okay, I figured.
2: I- you, you actually did get Most people butcher my first name, so. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: Garen Pito is joining us from, I believe, California.
2: Correct. Yep. Okay,
0: awesome. What what part of California?
2: Um, I'm in Ventura, California, so southern, uh, but north of LA.
0: And when are you leaving?
2: <laughs> that is a very great question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, definitely exploring different options. Yeah. Um, for the future, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, Texas is a great option. We like freedom and
2: uh, yeah. we've heard like... so many great things about te- Texas and I've been um, receiving so many messages with open arms.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I did want to ask you, you know, you have kids.
2: I do I have two kids.
0: And how old are they?
2: I have a two and a half year old, almost three year old. And then um, a little girl, she's one.
0: Okay. So, so young children. All right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you
0: haven't, I guess you haven't had to deal with like the indoctrination stuff that the California public school system is becoming known for?
2: Um, um, to, you know, for me and my kids, no. Um, definitely something that I'm um, considering and um, keeping in mind for their futures. And I also, you know, my mom is a, a public school teacher and um, she's just sharing with me some of the stuff that's been going on um, for them on the teacher side. And even for her, she's like, it's just not it's not the same. Our education system is not the same as it used to be. So, um,
0: Mm. so, so as a California resident, what, what would you say? And Chisholm and I have talked a lot about some of the indoctrination stuff. Sure. Um, it's and it's, you know, it's not just California. You see it on the East coast as well. It's kind of like those things start on each coast and try to just bleed into middle America. Do
1: not act like we're immune to it here at home either. (laughs) I'm thinking about running for school board for that reason.
0: (laughs) But, uh, But what would you say is like the most egregious thing that that has struck you is like, what in the world are we doing here?
2: Um, I just think, you know, from family, friends and, you know, friends that have their kids in public schools right now, um, the idea of this um, critical race theory being taught um, Mm. really just that's something that's like a hard line for me. Um, And then just the the child sex education that's also being taught in schools um, is something that I believe you know, should be talked about in the home, um, with your morals and values and upbringings and, um, not by a teacher who, you know, might be explicitly showing them or, you know, teaching them about all the things.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, and was it, was it LA that, uh, recently, well, I know it was Newsom that passed the, the uh, thing about, um, birth control and transgendering hormones, like, oh, and abortions too. Like,
2: yeah. All the, all the things I feel like California is, um, one of those pilot states for all yeah. of things, you know, and, um, it's, it's something we, you know, we're considering homeschooling our kids be- if we stay here, um, mm-hmm. because it's just not something that is aligns with our values and morals. And, um, we have rights as parents to remove them from that indoctrination.
0: But that's also, uh, unfortunate because I know your husband works and you work, yeah. um, So then you've got now you're in the situation of now one parent has to assume the education role, um, which that doesn't seem fair. People have to make a living too.
2: Absolutely. You know, but I think that there's just a hard line and, um, you know, you make it work when, you know, the situation arises that way. And, you know, my sister just moved out of state and they're in the beautiful state of Idaho and they're, they're in school and not dealing with anything that we're dealing with here. So I know that there are other options for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chisholm and I went to, where, where did we go? Boise one time? Yeah. For, Boise. We went to a, a conference in Boise. It was beautiful. Oh, That's yeah. the only time I've been to Idaho, but yeah.
2: I've only been to Northern Idaho where they live and um, gosh, it's gorgeous. Every time we're like, do we have to go back? Cause it's so freeing there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like. COVID doesn't
0: exist. <laughs> Sounds like Texas. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: um, and then we get back to California and it's just like commie California coming at you hot right when you get off the airplane. So it's, so
0: it's hard. Chisholm does a lot of traveling. Um, used have to. you, have, well, used to, but you've done some traveling this yeah, year. Some, yeah, sure. Have you seen other states or like cities mm-hmm. where they mandate masks to be worn outside in public like recently?
1: Me, uh-huh, um not any of the places that I've been uh i was in I was in Mississippi, what a few weeks ago, I guess, um in Biloxi slash mm-hmm. Gulfport, and that was interesting because by the way, hi Garen, I'm Chisholm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, nice nice to meet you
0: typically, we do yeah. the introduction, but we kind of just started rolling, and we knew you were going to join us a few minutes late, so we were. I don't know. We were talking about C.S. Lewis and and whether kids read with the same veracity that
1: they did when we were kids, you know? Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. In so Biloxi, Gulfport, are you know, not even separated, right? They're just like a little combined town. But there was a pretty clear. I kind of I went to get lunch and breakfast and dinner and stuff, kind of in each over the course of a couple of days there, and there was a totally different vibe in Gulfport versus Biloxi. Uh-huh. Like it was. It was night and day. Like there was, you know, restaurants where people were I think that was I think in Gulfport, people would walk into a little restaurant with the mask on, Do that whole nonsense where then they sit down and you know, wait till their water comes and then they can take it off. Like that creates a force field from the virus, yeah. right? And you know, but then over I think over on the Biloxi side, it was like <laughs> wait staff wasn't wearing it. Nobody was wearing it. it. It was clearly I don't know. I know there's a a small college I think in that area and I don't know if that had something to do with the, the, the distinction yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah I mean it I was surprised that in Mississippi that recently there was sort of that going on.
0: So, so and, and Garen what about in California are you guys were people wearing masks outdoors?
2: Oh yeah um, it's actually it's interesting because I feel like the crazy one sometimes you know where I'm like I'm walking the beach path with my kids and still I see people alone or even alone in their own cars. I'm yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> it like does doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, but yeah, they're very strict here. Um, not you know, just to even get into restaurants, you know, you have to put it on, walk to your table, then you can sit down and take it off. Yeah. Cause that makes sense, you know, uh, zero.
0: Then, you know, yeah.
2: you're walking outside, <laughs> yeah. walking outside everywhere and people are wear, choosing to wear them, you know, and I honestly like to each their own, but just that sure. forced mandate is just, you know, it, do, it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: So I, I was in Taos, New Mexico, which is a blue state. I was there, this was last September, um, for a hunt and people were, it was, there was a mandate. If you were in public, you had to have a mask on now granted that was over a year ago it was like we had indoor mass things in texas when covid first hit and then we kind of like "Mm, this is stupid but to see people like living in fear to the point where they're walking around the next person closest to them is like 20 yards away and they're walking around with masks like walking down the street i'm like this is insanity you can write me a ticket i'm not complying with that Um,
2: it's definitely fearful and lots of Yeah, it's just sad. Lots of anxiety related to this whole thing, and Mm -hmm. really, it's really Uh sad. I was just at a freedom rally, actually, in LA, um, and it was funny. You know, no one there was wearing masks; we're all outside, and um, ABC News was covering it, and all they said was that you know clearly these people don't care about health because they're all not wearing masks. (laughs) Like that's the only thing that they got out of it. Right. And we're like, wait, you missed the whole point of the rally. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it Just it's very interesting that that can be like, you know, the main focus of it all.
1: Absolutely. It's so frustrating because if you're paying any attention at all, you, you, you should have a pretty decent handle on what the science is telling us about all these things. And outdoor transmission is not a thing, right. not unless you're maybe making out with the person who's got it. Like, it, it's just, <laughs> it's not going to happen between UV and wind and, it, you know. Like early on, it was made clear that it took like 15 minutes of prolonged exposure within that, you know, three, four, five, six foot range or whatever for you to catch it. I think the Delta seems to have been transmitting transmitting more readily than that, I guess. But there's just no logic, rationale. And then the folks that are so adamant about this claim to be the people of, quote, science, yet they're the ones who don't believe there's a biological difference between men and women. And it's like, like you said, I... They're clearly trying to drive reasonable people insane. Right. That's just all there is sure. to it. Make yeah. gaslight us into insanity. Right. I, I, I got a quick question. Where where were you and your family sort of politically before all this? I mean, as Californians, did you consider yourselves liberals or were y'all pretty conservative by California standards? And
2: we're um, pretty conservative okay. um, yeah. to start with. And- gotcha. Yeah. You know, so this I'm- is really good. You- yeah. Just- yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> like it's interesting to me because you know my dad is a pretty um, he's pretty conservative group you know uh, we were raised that way with those you know values and all the things but um I had never really considered myself like a political person you know right. and then mm-hmm. you know just these past couple of years I'm like oh my gosh I really I am one of those people <laughs> like yeah. I do care about all these things and I think do think and see why my dad was. You know encouraging us to be proactive because these things are so important to know about yeah. and in situations like this when our freedoms are at risk is when you you need to be going at them head on you know yeah i'm, yeah. I'm grateful for my upbringing for sure
0: yeah i don't think uh chisholm nor i consider ourselves overly political right. i've always been pretty outspoken for yeah. in, in my real job i host a hunting and fishing um talk show yeah. so i've always been very pro second amendment but like social issues and this like gross government overreach that we've seen, especially over the last uh, two years. I mean, that's how we started the show. So and we, I don't think we intended to really just rail on the left when we started, we were more like, well, the show's called justified pursuit, but it seems like that's the most justifiable thing we can do with our time right now. Yeah. Let's try to yeah. expose them.
2: Right. And just it's so important to just keep bringing awareness to everything that's going on. And um, like for me in my situation, a lot of people kind of resonated with me because they hadn't really seen what's going on behind the scenes. Like I'm a nurse. And so mm-hmm. uh, me kind of talking about what's going on from a, a medical perspective, because all we're being fed is everything from the media. Right. right. Um, what's going on with COVID. And so um just to see like a different side, people were really interested in, because they're like, wait, you're, at, you're a normal person, normal nurse, and the, all these mandates are truly affecting you. And now they're truly affecting frontline workers. So um, just my, my heart is to continue to advocate, because yeah. um, when we stay silent, You know, all these things are just going to go down the pipeline. And then one day you're going to wake up and be like, how did we get here? Well, you know, it's because of the silence. So I really appreciate guys like you advocating um, and just talking about it. And
0: you said something important there, because once these freedoms go away, that you don't get them back, you know, unless there's there has to be violence to get them back. And no one wants that. We don't want to see a revolution (laughs) or Americans killing Americans. Certainly not. But that's that's the end game here. You keep shredding. I mean, people are tired of it. Um, but so uh, how I became aware of you, I think it was maybe a post that like a couple of the larger, um, conservative pay- like the typical liberal, maybe did they have you on or something or, uh,
2: oh. no DC Drano had posted okay. mine. That's yeah. what
0: it was. Yeah. Okay. So you have 25 something thousand followers on Instagram. That's pretty good for a nurse. I mean,
2: <laughs> you know, before that I started with like 900. So
0: <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> this is yeah.
2: a completely new experience for me. Um, but I'm really, truly humbled that so many people have like, in, not enjoyed hearing about my story, but, you know, really resonated with it and continue to support, um, people like me who are kind of walking through it right now.
0: Well, I know Chisholm has some questions, but before he fires those off, um, tell us about like, so why did DC Drano have you on there? Why, why did they feature you on your page? Why have you been on other people's podcasts and why are you talking to us today?
1: Yeah. 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 Just give us the sort of, you sure. know, brief history of your rise to start <laughs>
2: silly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, about a month ago, um, you know, I'm a registered nurse, I had been kind of facing these um, threatening mandates for a couple months. But about a month ago, we received a deadline, either you get the vaccination or you're um, terminated, but they also gave us the option of getting a a religious or a medical exemption. So I had applied for a, a religious exemption, gotten it approved. And in my mind, I was like, cool, I'm in the clear. I've got and can can continue to work, no issues, but after about a week of them accepting everybody's exemptions, they went ahead and started making these um, punitive policies. So if you are unvaccinated and um, working with an exemption, you no longer were allowed to eat or drink inside the building. Um, You had to wear a specialty mask um, for the duration of your shift, which we had never had to do any of these things prior. So I'd been working the whole pandemic without all of these um, these mandates or rules. And then, um, yeah, so couldn't eat inside, couldn't, uh, or we had to get tested um, twice a week as well. So I already knew every shift, you know, whether I was positive or negative. I've never had been positive at that time. So then to me, it just made zero sense. If I knew I was negative, why am I being still punished and have to sit outside alone during breaks? Um, So
0: yeah, your work is making you take a test that's negative and you still have to eat outside? Like, hey, go to the back of the bus.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that day, you know, everybody had kind of been talking about like, oh, these are the rules that are coming down. And I had seen, you know, the information sheet from our work. And I kind of brought up to my boss and they're like, just get your exemption approved and then we'll worry about those rules or whatever. And so finally we were there and nobody had really talked about it. And one day I was at work. I showed up and, um, in front of everybody, my boss was like, Hey, just let you know, you're no longer allowed to eat or drink inside the break room. And, um, on any of your lunches, you need to sit outside. And, um, I was like, sit outside. What do you, what do you mean sit outside? And I am in a building that's displaced from the main hospital. I'm in the surgical center. And so we are in a parking garage. So my choice of eating outside was a table in the middle of the parking garage on the top floor. So that I was like, this is just ridiculous. And it's not even about, you know it's not even about sitting outside necessarily. It's the fact that I was being segregated based on a choice. And that's something that I didn't want to stand for. And so when I shared um, my post originally, I was just sharing really for family and friends to be aware, like, hey, this is what's going on inside the behind closed doors to your frontline workers who you all just for two or 18 months just advocated for and thanked us profusely for continuing to work. And now we're being treated horribly for just a medical choice right mm-hmm. and then you know a couple people had continued to share it and DC now shared it and here we are <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm super humbled and grateful for um truly so yeah
1: I think it's awesome that you're stepping into the fray voluntarily like you kind of said earlier like your dad had instilled in you <clears throat> regular people have to stop this stuff we have we all have to put our foot down and say enough is enough you know that's the only way if we all follow along like sheep we're all just gonna or lemmings we're all just gonna fall off the cliff right. so are you the only person in your I guess team and in your' in the entire building that hasn't been vaccinated you' literally so
2: in my specific unit there's only three of us and one just quit <laughs> so now there's only two of us um but i will state though since that um policy had been enacted you know we had really gone over uh, gone to hr we had been really been advocating at our ceo um town hall meetings and it, the policy was reversed so i'm really grateful for that and i think that that's just so much encouragement that like when we stand strong when we say no um, people will listen, you know? And so that's why I continue to advocate because people don't realize what is happening right now is so critical for future for future generations and um, for future choice, for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. None, none of it makes a lick of sense. Everything you just outlined makes zero sense. I, Cable had forwarded me your Instagram and I saw one of your posts where you talked about being forced to segregate for lunch after having tested negative that shift and it's like and working with those people
0: that shift like that's the right right like yeah you're gonna
1: go back inside and work with them and it's like and they're claiming so you can they can protect the vaccinated people and you're like well that's what the shot's supposed to freaking do and none of it makes sense and it doesn't stand up to scrutiny at all which is to your point why we're able to go into these town halls and make them change the policy because it None of it makes sense. And those, are, those people all have science backgrounds. They are all super educated people. All the people in your unit, right? From every level and position. And so they, they have to know, this is so effing dumb. But they took the shots and they're in the herd and the pressure is on from everywhere. So they'll just keep going along. I, I described these, not that all of the people that you work with are leftists, right? But it seems to be that leftists are driving the bus on all of this stuff. That's my take on it generally. For sure it's it's a le- it's a facet of this leftist movement in this country and i described them they're like bullies they're like schoolyard bullies if you punch them in the nose they'll leave you the hell alone and that's what you have to do like metaphorically speaking we have to yeah. fight back and yeah. you know it's the reason that you know for the last decade plus that on college campuses people like ben shapiro you know end up being canceled before, you know they get invited to speak and then they have some sort of you know psychotic uprising by all these you know green hair dyed or green dyed hair lefties and they pull his invite or he ends up having to get security because the things he's saying they don't have an argument for Right. because they're facts they're simple facts and logic and reason of course facts logic and reason are all considered racist now and tools yeah. of white <laughs> patriarchal oppression or whatever
2: yeah it was really interesting to me because I had had like a couple co-workers reach out like so angry Oh, you're just, you know, anti-vax and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I I, I said, like, can we just have a conversation about this? And at the end of our conversations, like once you take the emotion out of it and you strictly are talking facts, they were like, I can see where you're coming from. Mm. I understand. Right. You know. Yeah, well, that's beautiful that you were able
1: to get them to take the emotion out of it because that's that's like step, we lost you. <laughs> there, There you are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you you cut out. I'm sorry. Um that's the first step, right? And that's, again, most leftists aren't, don't even want to be willing to do that because then they have to somewhat meet you, at least in the middle, right? Like, yeah, uh, it, this is calling somebody anti-vax for not wanting to take a gene therapy. It's not even a vaccine. The CDC had to change the definition of vaccine for this crap because they were getting so much pushback. I, I, sh- I wish I could find it off the, at, at my fingertips right now, but somebody reported just last week, somebody was able to FOIA freedom of information act request some emails from the C- within the CDC where i think a PR person was promoting to the CDC like executive management that they needed to change the definition of vaccine because they were getting blowback from people who were saying this thing isn't even a vaccine because it uses the word immunity and it doesn't create immunity as we all know now it creates protection from disease from the virus which is how they changed the definition yeah. so like they were having it, have you read 1984 are you have you read any orwell's right back in the day
2: you (laughs)
0: you should read it again You should read it it again it might scare you though my wife
1: my wife got four pages in and was like i can't do it she (laughs) she she put it down (laughs) it freaked her out yeah but anyway i mean that's the kind of stuff like you know just changing history changing Mm -hmm. words and definitions and you know this is just the tip of the iceberg as far as that stuff goes it's (sighs)
2: yeah, <sighs> the, the um, somebody is like, you should look up the word anti vaxxer now, and it yeah. also includes anybody that opposes mandates.
1: Right, 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 <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, you know what? My, I mean, <laughs> my parents are vaccinated. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off there, but.
2: Oh, that's okay, y- I was gonna say they just like really want to quantify like these people into one group and, you know, that's the bad group or whatever it is. But it's silly. You know,
0: when I'm 65 years old, I might consider getting a vaccine, right? That might help me against a virus that is more likely to kill me, right? 85? Yeah, probably think about it. I'm We're both like 40, 41, we're healthy and we've both had COVID. Mm-hmm. Before I got COVID, I was like, yeah, the, the vaccines weren't available, but I was like, maybe I'll get that vaccine. Then I had COVID and then more stats come out and then you see what happened in israel and then you're like so natural immunity i've gone to africa twice garen and i've put myself out we were talking about this in the pre-show i put myself out there a lot um i've been exposed to it and but natural immunity has kept me safe for over a year i could get covid tomorrow Mm -hmm. but we know the vaccine maybe lasts six months with like a peak protection time of what chisholm, like 60 days isn't that what the science says
1: yeah yeah, after sixty days, as far as keeping you from getting infected, they're so so getting close
0: what do you, to worthless. What do you think, as someone that's in the medical profession? Like, do we just get booster shots in perpetuity for the rest of our lives? Is that the deal now?
2: This is absolutely insane. I was actually just having a conversation with an anesthesiologist the other day about natural immunity because um, my father has a health condition that you know I was like, we should really talk to your doctor about you even considering getting this vaccine because some of the side effects of it might be exacerbated for you. Yeah. And um, his doctor went ahead and drew his antibodies because we knew he had COVID a few months ago and he has a robust amount of antibodies, you know? And so I was just talking to um, this anesthesiologist and I was like, why are we not even considering natural immunity, which we've done for everything else in mm-hmm. you know, the past, like chickenpox, for example, you've had it naturally, you don't, you don't need to get the vaccine. Um, so it's just really interesting to me that like, people are like, follow the science, but like, we're not, we're just like only follow the science that you, we want you to follow, not this other one. That's also proven and that we've studied, like, we're not even considering it for this at all.
0: Yeah. And you Um, mentioned you have not had, you haven't had COVID.
2: I have had it actually. I haven't had antibodies drawn. I would like to. Um, but that was, you know, another reason for me, I'm like, can I just show like my titers, like I've done, you know, for. Everything for nursing school, for you know, to get yeah. my jobs. Like we've always just had to show titers that we were immune. You know, we got it naturally. <laughs> so
1: can you, uh, the, Cable and I have talked about this exact thing on several occasions, and neither of us have the educational background or, frankly, the intelligence to really do it any justice. Mm-hmm. Can you explain titers, T cell immunity, or you know, T cells? Is that titers? I don't know. And so, just to give sort of a synopsis of how I've my layman's understanding slash filling in the gaps and then feel f- free to obliterate that and give us the actual facts but <laughs> to me even just antibody testing isn't necessarily indicative of your protection sure. if you've had the virus right because they're going to wane like you brought up chickenpox. Mm-hmm. if i got tested today for just antibodies from chickenpox, which i had when i was in first grade mm-hmm. they'd probably be negligible if they were there at all right but There are other mechanisms that make up the immune system. It's way more complex than just your antibody count, right? right? Isn't it true that when you get exposed to something you've already had, that's what jacks up your antibody count in the moment of exposure to fight off the infection? Like, run that down for us. And then
2: cells go and they're like, okay, let's all get to work. And so it's like your memory cells. And so you know, when you're exposed to it later on in life, your body's like, oh, hey, we've already seen this before. So it's not that your antibodies are high or present. It's that your body literally has recognition and remembrance of being, of seeing it before. And it's like, we know what to do. And then they go on and fight it.
1: (laughs) Right. Which is so like with Cable, he had uh, Cable, you go ahead and tell Irving, mean, but his yeah, antibodies had gotten to nothing and they shot back up. And uh. Yeah.
0: So you'll find this interesting. So I got tested for antibodies in July. Um, I had COVID and got it Thanksgiving of last year. Um, and cause I was going to Africa, I got it done in July and they said, no, you don't have any, have any, uh, protection left. You don't have any antibodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I go out of town in September and my wife who is a nurse practitioner and she's had the vaccine. I wish she, she wouldn't have, but she did, um, she enrolls our whole family in this Texas health study where they test your antibodies today in three months, six months. Our kids did not have COVID when we had COVID in November, they all tested for sky high antibodies because they've gotten COVID, I guess, since they went back to school in August. Yeah. So like through the roof, they have had a recent infection.
2: Yeah. So
0: sick that we didn't even know they had COVID. But the interesting thing was, is that my antibodies came back. Because when I got tested in September, they're like, oh, you have antibodies again. What? But in July, I didn't have them. But they weren't high enough. They weren't like my kids. They weren't, the levels weren't high, but they were, they were back. Hmm. So, that, you know, I don't know the answer to it or the science behind it. But like, like you said, like those T cells are like, okay, we've seen this. It's time to do our thing. Maybe right. that was it.
2: I wonder if you had like a recent exposure and didn't even know about it.
1: <laughs> right. That's what, that's what would happen, right? Is if he got exposed... And he'd had it in the past that would kick that t-, t cell memory into gear which would produce antibodies to fight because if you are immune that doesn't mean the virus can't get into your body what it means is that you can kill it and right. keep it from making you sick right which is what the antibodies do yeah
2: literally training your body on how right to and uh-huh. to remove it in a sense yeah yeah I mean, but no that's why the whole thing with the children really really baffles my mind like these mandates especially in california they're coming down for the five to eleven year olds
1: it's so unbelievable like
2: it it should be sense because and i've looked at the cdc numbers myself on the death rate and these children i mean of course no one wants to see a child die like that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying to force vaccinate all of these children for a, a virus that has a death rate of 0.00087 yeah it's
1: so this, like 500 children in the entire his, course of the pandemic right that's that's seven that includes 17 and under
2: yes who have yeah. four or more four or more comorbidities all of them
1: right, right yeah it's right, yeah.
2: just like a healthy child with no issues walking yeah. around just you know dying that's it. So so, to, yeah. to Force vaccinate all these children when we already know that the rates of pericarditis and myocarditis um, are higher, you know, like yeah. there's more of a risk to get that than there is to, to have um, effects from COVID. Like that makes no sense to me. So I know it's about money and I know it's about funding. Um, I know personally for me, like my husband is an LA city fireman and um, there's a group of them that are fighting for medical freedom and they went to the town hall meeting the mayor and the city councilman were there and they said we cannot afford the chief fire chief said we cannot afford to lose all of these guys because the public is going to suffer like we don't have we already don't have enough people on the um in the fire department to fill the spots but if we fire all these guys because of this vaccine where it's public safety that we're worried about. And both the mayor and the city council said, we hear what you're saying, but if we're a fully vaccinated department, we are gonna get so much funding from the federal government. So we have to fire all these guys. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it, it, public safety is not an uh, issue. So for them.
0: Is, has your husband lost his job?
2: Not yet because um, it's really interesting. He's, they've tried to fire him twice. We're on the third round in December um but they have no legal grounds to do so and i quite frankly think that they are looking at their numbers because they're trying to coerce them you know every time they're like this is the date and you're not allowed to work after that and then that date comes and they're always still going to work you know so they haven't actually put them out on termination we do think it's coming because like i said it's all about politics and funding but um yeah we are keep standing strong. And at this point he's like, it's not even about the vaccine for me. You know, it's about the fact that I cannot support this broken, corrupt system. And
1: yeah, absolutely. It's no, like th-
2: th- been eye opening for our family for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, <laughs> on the kid on the kid thing, do, have you tracked at all or paid any attention to the, the, the hearings that the FDA has had on these, these approvals, Oh yeah. Specifically the, 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 the committee that the advisory committee, there's like this six. So this Dr. Rubin, um, Dr. Eric Rubin. So I watched the entire one for the booster shot, the Pfizer application for the booster shot. Um, I have not gone back yet and checked out the one from a couple of weeks ago on the kids, five to 11, but his quote was, we're never going to learn about this. This (laughs) is, this is in a public hearing every human being on the planet can go to the fda's website and watch this eight hours of garbage and listen to the discussion that is had about the risks of myocarditis in these kids and everything this guy said and this they did the same thing it was a different doctor but the same basic thing was said during the boosters dr rubin said we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it that's just the way it goes so that is a lab rat straight up like full blown admission that this is an experiment oh yeah at a at a, at a global scale
2: I- and they're so, they're just sacrificing our children in the meantime you know but for nothing
1: like wh- what is the yeah. where is the risk benefit analysis what do you call it in med- medicine it's not just called a risk benefit analysis right or, or is it
2: informed just... consent it's informed yeah. consent that's com- like people are completely just moving past and you know It's interesting to me, like just being a parent and kind of walking through it with previous vaccines, like a lot of, um, it's just something that you do, right. You don't really like look up vaccines, you know, now it's just such a hot topic because this COVID vaccine is relatively new, but informed consent, like you are supposed to sit down with your patient and go over, you know, risk versus benefit. Like, is your child a candidate? Like, is your child really at risk for this you know, virus. And if they are, then yeah, sure. Give them the vaccine. But if they are not, why are we considering it for them? Mm-hmm. You know, but instead it's just like, Nope, everybody line your kid up and we're all going to do this because it's what's good for society and good for humanity. Like without any acknowledgement that there are risks to every medical procedure, not just vaccinations.
0: I have a question for you, Garen. And and I think it's no secret that all all, all this stuff starts with the president of the United States and his administration. And you just, you know, you follow the money. He said he wasn't going to mandate stuff. He did. And Chisholm, you can chime in on this too, because I don't think we've really delved into it before. What would this look like if Trump was reelected with these vaccines? What do you what do you think the mentality would be like? I think, Garen, you, Garen, you go yeah, first. Go ahead, I want to know what you think from a medical, you know, it being in the medical field. How yeah. would things look different?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I do think that our current president, um, there's a lot behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Um, I think Trump had more of a backbone, so um, that he would call into question stuff more than, you know, what our current president is doing. Um, I don't know necessarily if things would be so much different because, you know, we all kind of saw this coming even before Biden was elected. as president of the United States. So it, in the middle, the medical community was for uh, um, the most part, I want to say like really advocating for a vaccine in general. So I think it would have been pushed. Um, regardless. Well, I think
0: any president would have been like trying to get a vaccine done. Right. right? Like just,
2: right. Right. I think
0: that's what you have to do, yeah. but you don't have to force it on people.
2: Right. And that's the difference. And it's so interesting to me, you know, when they were campaigning and, you know, we can rewatch Biden during the campaign. He's like, I absolutely do not think that we need to be mandating masks. I absolutely do not think, and I will never mandate this vaccine. It should always be a choice. We are America of the free. And now here we are. And where he's like, now even requiring small businesses, trying to get the small businesses to be required for their employees. And so it's like, Politics is really interesting to me because everybody you know, wants to say the right thing <laughs> to get elected and then what you actually do with it, um, it's, it's, it's really difficult to watch sometimes.
1: I, you know, there are montages of Biden, Harris, Andrew Cuomo, and several other really prominent you know, democratic politicians this time last year saying, I won't take that Donald Trump shot they were saying because Trump's administration had warp sped it that they wouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. And now they're the ones forcing us to take it. I right. I think there would have been pressure to take it to your point, Garen, you know, if everybody bought into the idea that it, you know, it was really going to work and make, make a difference, but I, I don't, you know, we wouldn't, we would not have this OSHA mandate, right. you know, that just came out last week requiring businesses over a hundred to take it. I don't think you would have mandated it at the federal government level either. It may have been left to States, your state may have been in line to do it anyway, but, yeah. you know, again, just it, heck, just before it came out, they were calling, they were saying, I won't take this rushed, you know, emergency authorized, you know, Trump shot. I, I've got this, I'm still, I'm holding by my, my prediction. I guess I have this prediction that at some point they're going to give up trying to convince everything that this is the greatest invention in medical history. And when they finally do, and when enough people unfortunately have suffered myocarditis and whatever the democrats are going to turn around and blame trump like they're forcing it right now and they're going to do this jedi mind trick where they're like this wasn't our idea in the first place and everybody's just going to buy it and you know trump will be the bad guy yeah. it may wait till 2024 but i <laughs> i still see that coming
2: everybody's trying to find a scapegoat right <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. What, what are you seeing in your unit in terms of um i I'm not a person who thinks that, you know, a zombie apocalypse is upon us with this thing. But I do think that the VAERS database is abundantly clear that there have been more adverse reactions to this shot than like all the other vaccines of the last 20 years combined. Right. What are you all seeing in your unit in terms of possible adverse reactions? Are you seeing any of this in these instances where people are trying to convince, you know, medical professionals are trying to convince people that no your miscarriage had nothing to do with the shot two weeks ago. No, your sudden onset of headaches had nothing to do with it. Like is, right. is any of that going on in your spirit? Yeah,
2: you know, I actually just took care of a patient the other day. Um, and she is no longer able to, she had, um, the vaccine. I think it was a week prior to me seeing her and she was no longer to lay flat, able to lay flat. She gets so dizzy that when she passes out. And so wow. they diagnosed her with a new onset heart problem. Well, she had zero, Um, issues, health issues prior. And so it was really interesting to me. And I was like, you know, because it's hard, you know, as a nurse, in a sense, um, to be like, well, did you ask about, you know, that I I was like, gently trying to say, like, isn't it interesting, you know, right after the vaccine, like, was this something that you were dealing with before? Or has something that you talked to your doctor about? And she said, Oh, yeah, my, my doctor absolutely said this has nothing to do with the vaccine. I'm like, Oh, did they like test you like what you know how did they know that and she's like no he just said that that is not related and I'm like this Hmm. this little red flag you know why are we not um even looking into it in a sense it's just
1: unbelievable like uh,
2: and my one of my very I used to work in labor delivery so I worked in labor and delivery prior to where I work now so for majority of the pandemic and um, some good friends that I actually work with there said that they've never seen uh, so much of a rise in miscarriages than they ever have in the last two almost two years now. Mm. And, um, or stillborns. And um, it's really sad though, because they see it in their you know weekly numbers. they're sending them out and it's just constant. And I know when I worked there it was not constant. It was you know very unfortunate when it would happen, but now it's just normal. Oh.
0: That's well, why it's so important to have these conversations. Cause you're not going to see it on the news. Like it's all swept under the rug. My right. wife who I told you got the vaccine. Um, she got it when it first became available. It was like, well, I'm on the front lines. I'm just going to get it. Well, now she has joint pain and she, she's like, well, I'm almost 40. And that's her, that's the way she caveats. Like, Oh, I'm almost 40. I'm like, yeah, but you were 39 and you were fine.
1: Right.
0: And you're, you know, like what, what, what's the one thing that changed?
2: Right. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing that changed. So we, we kind of butt heads on that, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's really frustrating though. Like, you know, these pharmaceutical companies have zero liability and it's like, why, if you are confident in your product and, you know, truly it is safe and effective, why are, why do you have no liability? You know, that to me is just a huge red flag, especially when we're pushing this um, vaccine and emergency use, or use authorization
1: right and mandating it somebody, exactly
2: somebody should be held liable because medicine has never been a one-size-fits-all we can we're all different we're all made up of you know a different genome and it's just really interesting to me that they are like yes everybody every single one of you needs to get it but if something happens like not our fault you know like who's going to be held liable if you're You know need to be on workers comp you know for however long or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and you know i see stories um you know of these girls on in college you know that i don't know if you've seen it but there was a girl recently you know college athlete got it and then started having uncontrollable shaking in her legs where she wasn't even able to stand she by the grace of god she's okay now but it was like a solid month of her working with her neurologist and her neurologist was the only one of all the doctors that she saw that said, no, this is absolutely an adverse reaction from the vaccine. So yes. it's just like, we just need to acknowledge that there, these things are going to happen. And again, as a patient, you need to have informed consent. Like, you know what? I do think my benefit from the vaccine outweighs the risk. Uh, great. I'm going to get it. Or you know what? I'm healthy. I'm young. I probably don't need it. I've already had COVID. So I'm going to forego it at this time, you know, but there's no conversation around that,
1: unfortunately. Why, why do you think that so much of your own profession? I mean, you know, the entire medical profession, it doesn't seem to me that two years ago, I mean, like the month before this hell started that if a new drug was brought to market and a whole bunch of people started having problems that a single doctor would not, I can't, It doesn't seem like anybody in the medical profession would have just dismissed the idea that a sudden new condition could be related to some new drug. Like, one of the things they ask you when you go in with something weird is, like, what have you been taking lately, right? Just to see, like, could it be a reaction to stuff you're eating, drinking, whatever? And then with this, to your point, I mean, it sounds like... I don't know if it's most I don't go to a multitude of doctors on a regular basis right but it it just seems like across the country there's this huge effort to just dismiss and ignore it when again it is an experimental thing it's a whole new technology it is a gene therapy not a vaccine and these doctors are acting like oh that's just impossible well, how the hell do you know yeah. this thing didn't yeah. exist a year ago
0: this has I've never told been Chisholm, done my like, what- my physician before I went to Africa the first time, he's like, Did you get the vaccine yet? I was like, No. I'm like, I have, at that time, I was like, I, this was February. I had COVID in November. I was like, I'm not getting the vaccine. I just had COVID. He's like, Well, you're risking your life. Go back in July. Did you get the vaccine yet? Uh, no. He's like, Oh, it's really not very smart of you, Cable. Well, you need to get the vaccine. mean, like, this is like my physician. Like, why are you forcing this on me? You know, I've had COVID. Like, it, it, I was sick for, I felt bad for two days. Then I ran two miles. I drank a lot of bourbon. I felt, you know, like that might've helped kill the COVID too. And, uh, and, and then maybe I had a little headache on the fourth day. And after that, it was like, you know, allergies are worse than this. Wait, what, you
1: know, what, are, what are the incentives in yeah, your why opinion? Why is my
0: doctor fear mongering me into trying yeah. to get the shot I don't need?
2: Right. Well, you know, unfortunately a lot of these practices, and I do think there's a lot of doctors with good hearts and that genuinely are there to help people but there's all money also talks. And, um, you know, for, I know for a lot of pediatricians, for example, you have to have a certain number of um, patients in your practice to be vaccinated in order to be funded. And so Uh, like that to me, that's like the conversation that, you know, I had had with my pediatrician regarding this vaccine when it was coming out. I'm like, well, what do you think about it? And he's like, I think everyone should get it. And he said, why? You know why? Why should everybody get it? And he's like, well, you know, we got to protect the kids, and I'm like, but they're not at are are they at risk? Like, is there there's some data that I'm missing? You know, other than what everybody seems to be basing their this whole mandate off of. Um, and you know, he just was like, well, we all know that vaccines are safe and effective and save lives. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> 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 like it's like this bourbon oh. that we. You know, and I remember in nursing school, to be quite honest, like my education on vaccines was like this much. I remember taking, I think it was like even one day they were like, this is, you know, the vaccine schedule. This is what we need to be telling parents and that they are safe and effective. And before I, um, I was, even became a nurse, I worked in a pediatric um, office and I was actually giving vaccines to children. And I remember one mom so distinctively said to me, she's like, well, what's in it? And I had no idea and I'm the one administering them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like, that was a huge wake up call for me. And I'm like, how am I, you know, telling people informed consent, right. To do something when I don't even know what's going into it, you know, the side effects of it and all these things. And so I just think that there needs to be better education revolved around that. Like, um, and I think that people are very reliant on, you know, Fauci and what he tells us to do, but
1: inexplicably.
2: one one man, we are we're human. We all make mistakes, and one man can't be determining ev- like everything for us, you know, or the CDC or the FDA. And we already know that these companies are criminal. Like Johnson and Johnson has had lawsuits before. Pfizer has had lawsuits. So they've
1: before. handed out billions, billions in penalties yeah. in in lawsuit settlements, billions of dollars. Which which pharmaceutical company
0: was it that um, made? It was like something they were like, this is for like heart something and it killed like fifty thousand Americans, which they paid out billions of dollars to. You know which, which drug I'm talking I about?
2: Sure if it was Astrazeneca or um, or if it was Pfizer, I can't remember. All,
1: all of them have yeah. those examples. <laughs> I mean, all of
2: them. You yeah. could probably take a guess of all of them, but you know, but that that's you know any indication like we don't always get it right as humans. You know, we're all humans sure. and we're doing the best that we can, but um again i'm not even against vaccinations i just want the choice and i think every parent should have the choice for their kids and i think every person should have the choice over their own bodies
1: for sure Well, again the kids the kids are safe from this virus and they they're not a prime vector of transmission because they if they catch it they're asymptomatic and to spread it generally speaking you need to be symptomatic right like i hate watching fauci or you know, the news will occasionally let something slip, like new study shows that asymptomatic transmission is bullshit. And then then like the next week, they're like, well, you have to get it because, you know, the kids have to get it because they're they're just little super spreaders because you don't know they're sick. And then it's like, well, hold on if all the damn vaccine does is supposedly keep me from actually getting sick, but it doesn't keep me from contracting it or transmitting it. Doesn't that make me an asymptomatic super spreader? Like what the fuck is going on? Excuse me. (laughs)
2: I'm
1: sorry, (laughs)
0: man. (laughs) Sorry. Chisholm. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) We are, we are both believers, but this stuff, uh, we, I'm working on my, life. makes me insane. I mean, yeah, I haven't dropped an F bomb in two episodes, so I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) I don't
2: (laughs) know. It's infuriating though. And, (sighs) um, Just to, you know, the back and forth and um, the whole idea of the asymptomatic, like we've never, ever, ever done that in the like history of medicine. Like a, like you could have it and, you know, go kill grandma. Like what a fear-mongering propaganda campaign. And, you know, I honestly think it was just priming because they did that for what, a year prior to the vaccine coming out. Yeah. So it was just priming they're like, oh, okay, so now we actually have something to fix it. Now everybody needs to run and go get the vaccine. Um, because you could be asymptomatic, like it, it was all just like mental gymnastics that all of us were having to like follow for a year and a half until this vaccine came out. And, um, it's just, it's really sad to see. Do, well,
0: do, do they're dug feel- in so deep now. Like the, 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 we've talked about this, like the, the, the administration, current administration, left-wing politics or they've dug in their heels so deep there's no turning back like they can't just say oh we're gonna we're gonna recant some of this or you know what we're gonna back off of it they're not gonna do it right they're not right. so that's why this conversation is so important we certainly appreciate your time
2: oh yeah of course thank you guys so much for having me <laughs>
1: absolutely Chisholm. did you have anything else you wanted to uh throw in the hopper here and i mean there's so many angles and so many Points and facts that we could—I mean, we could spend three hours going through each one of them. I just—I uh, did have something off that last point Garen made. Garen, do you feel like there is some sort of coordinated money-driven? I mean, you sort of touched on it earlier. I, I guess I have a couple of questions, and then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> the you mentioned that 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 the healthcare finances are tied to vaccination rates i remember this you know time a year ago positive they were paying hospitals for for positive tests right and they were paying hospitals for putting people on ventilators which was ending up killing them so is this all part of like the stimulus not the i guess the covid stimulus bill that came out earlier this year right after the president was inaugurated like did that create new funding for people who were getting their people vaccinated their patients vaccinated where does that come from
2: I mean, I, I don't know where all the money comes no, no, for sure. from, the yeah. That the, um, the federal government and the CDC and the FDA and all the medical um, community, it's all tied together and they're all funding right. each other. Um, so I do think that they have an interest in it. Um, so if you, you look at all these doctors that are speaking out or nurses that are speaking out, like we have zero interest in other than bringing awareness to choice. Um, or, you know, a lot of these doctors that are speaking out are bringing awareness to like potential side effects of the vaccine or, you know, like asking for just other studies, um, for medications that could be helpful, um, to patients who have COVID. And so it's just really interesting to me, um, that these people are being centered and censored and show band, shadow banned um, for just, you know, going quote unquote against the narrative, but Um, We need to be having these conversations because again, medicine is not a one size fits all and somebody is funding somebody (laughs) Um, and people are getting paid out. And, you know, I know for me, we had a family member who was, um, had a heart attack and they were like, is it okay if we put COVID on the death certificate? And my, really? Yes. And my friend, my, our family friend, she was like, why They're he doesn't have COVID. They're like, well, we get like, we're going to get a payout that's literally what the social worker told her. And I'm like, do you have this on film? Like people need to hear this, you know? So I, again, these things are kind of happening behind the scenes. The media is not covering it and it's so frustrating because um, we need to continue to have conversations about it. Would
0: your family lose its health insurance if you lost your job?
2: Um, not me personally, but if my husband loses his job, yes, we will okay. be losing our health insurance. For sure. That's
0: insane because that's like, the, it, we've talked about this, Chism, we care about your health so much
2: okay. that
0: we're willing to take away your health insurance. Right. Oh, the dude, The irony they're giving, is just insane.
1: They're right. giving away cheeseburgers to yeah. get the shot and beer cool. and stuff. man. Yeah. So, uh,
2: guaranteed. In incentivizing like lap dances for <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know or donuts like there was Lap a dance yeah.
0: sounds like a great know, way to get
1: covid yeah <laughs> you could get a free crispy cream donut which, i don't know which, if there's way,
0: a vaccinated stripper <laughs> could give it to a vaccinated patreon <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> just a working girl making that dollar, but she could still give you COVID. (laughs) She could probably give you a lot of other stuff too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Our world is so upside down and I'm like, you know, if it really was about health, why are we not funding like local farmers? Like, Hey, let's start, you know, advocating for fresh fruits and vegetables to be, Hey, you get COVID vaccinated. Let's send you a health and wellness box, not a free Krispy Kreme donut, you know? Right. And so, how, I mean, no wonder people like have so much hesitancy and are asking so many questions. It's like that, How like normal, a normal human is like, that does not make sense. You know? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, it, do you know who Francis Collins is? Dr. Francis Collins. He's, he's the director of the NIH. So he's Dr. Oh. Fauci's boss. Yes. He is in charge of the national Institute. Oh, I didn't know of he health. had a boss. I thought he was God. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's apparently the God of science. Just ask him. Um, uh, So he went on a podcast last week, this guy named Lex Friedman, who Joe Rogan made famous. He's a MIT computer scientist. And I really like the guy. He's super thoughtful. Um, You know, he's one of these free thinking podcaster guys. Right. But he's been promoting the vaccines. Anyway, he had just last week. I haven't listened to it myself yet, but I listened to something. I think I might have been listening to Megan Kelly talking about it. And she was pulling some clips and talking about the conversation they had. Supposedly, Francis Collins said that health condition, like that your general, that your healthiness, your your well, you know, your own personal health doesn't have any correlation to COVID outcomes, which is why everybody has to get vaccinated. Hmm. (laughs) What who who in the hell does he like I I have to listen to it myself. I, I I should pull the audio for our next episode. But like assuming that he actually said it just like that. Is there anything that we don't know that you're aware of, Garen, that could put any credence or credibility to that statement? Like everything we know says obesity, lack of vitamin D, you know, all of these pre existing conditions. These are the people who get really sick and end up dying from this, right? Like
2: that, that to me, that statement right there is just to, again, go with the fear mongering propaganda and mass, mass um, vaccination.
1: Yeah. Just, that, that just makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. It makes me crazy cause I don't understand how he gets away with it. Like how, I, we're 18 months into this. If you had told everybody that in April, 2020 I would've been like, Oh crap. Sure. Okay. Maybe there's new information, but it's like, what are you talking about, dude? How, do, yeah. how does that? And then he also said when he, when the guy asked him, so how do we get out of this? And he said, the only way out of this, the only way is to vaccinate every single American, all of them, mm-hmm. even though again, that doesn't stop the disease. Right.
2: <laughs> we also don't do that with all the other vaccines that we have. Right. But yeah. we, not every American is vaccinated against every other, you know, disease yeah. that we've ever had. So why why this one? Why, you know, that's what my little red flags. It's like, why is this one so important that everybody must get it, you know? So, I mean, they said, like, as long as we have 70%, you know, vaccinated, we can go back to normal. Well, we're
0: still not back to normal, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> never
2: well, get hey, freedoms.
0: <laughs> no, you'll we'll never get them back. Never get them back. Garen, what is your uh your social media stuff if folks want to follow along? Because I know, um, I think it was the title of another podcast you're on, but it was like faith, freedom, and integrity. I think that pretty
2: much sums you up. Yeah, um, that is definitely. I love that. Um, but my handle is at Guaranteed. Um, G-A-R-E-N-T-E-E-D.
1: <laughs> Perfect. That I like it, by the way. That was pretty slick. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: yeah just well, continuing to advocate for freedom and bringing awareness to everything that's going on.
0: So. Well, Chisholm and I certainly appreciate the conversation today uh, for Chisholm Cook and for our guest, Karen Pito. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 54 of Justified Pursuit. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks,